0: Welcome to Unqualified Car Reviews, where facts are about as reliable as a carburetor starting in the winter. I'm Walter. I'm joined by a couple of supposed car enthusiasts who think their opinions on cars matter. What kind of
1: motorcycle did you get, Jeff? I, I didn't get a motorcycle. Yet. Yeah. It's winter time. <laughs> How, why would I have bought a motorcycle? It's prime
2: time to get the good price. The pr- it, yeah, okay. it
0: is. You'll get a great price and but then, you could start riding your adventure bike immediately.
2: In six months.
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> okay
0: well last week we pulled a car out of the hat and it was the fifth gen chevrolet camaro what are you guys's first impressions i know we kind of did this last one but might as well yeah i mean do it at the first beginning impressions
2: is just uh bumblebee from transform transformers yes it was i mean yeah when that came out because i was well, we found out after we finished the that recording that that car was not even out yet. Like, you know, that was like kind of the. They unveiled their concept basically through the movie. Yeah, I think yeah, it was it like was two so or three years the It was, was crazy. Right. So it was crazy because nobody had ever seen a design like that. Nobody had um, ever seen
0: a design like that or had seen it shown off like that.
2: Right. So it was like, oh, man, this thing looks sick. And it can transform into a robot. And, and like you know, Making fox rides in it.
0: Look how much the design didn't change from the movie car to the production car.
2: Yeah, that's what's so phenomenal. It's impressive, I remember, especially in that era, because in that era people were coming out with crazy concepts, especially the early two thousands. Yes, and I remember GM. going to the auto show and seeing the the concept for the Chevy Volt. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that. It looked so cool. And then the production one came out, and I'm like, "What
0: is this?" She- Chevy. <laughs> this is had not some, what I was promised. They had such great concept cars, and then they just productionized them to hell, and it was not yeah. good. I want to just yes, except this. So, Ed Welburn, if you're listening to our podcast, which would be an absolute honor, please, you have our highest, highest honors <laughs> for designing such a cool car and keeping it that way for fighting the man.
1: Yeah, I was I was initially impressed with this thing when it, whenever it came out fantastic looks obviously it's a camaro too so it has some sports car insides uh, mm-hmm. which brings us to the insides walter yes
0: so we'll go over this real quick it's a muscle car so it's competing against mustang challenger charger well i guess the charger is a four-door but that doesn't matter it was built between 2010 and 2015 as a muscle car we had tons of options started at 300 horsepower 312 to be exact um There was five different engine options, technically eight different engines, if you counted them all up, but there was a V6, naturally aspirated V8, a supercharged V8, naturally aspirated 7 liter, and then a supercharged 5.3 liter V8. Uh, Us consumers would normally be able to get the 3.6 V6 or the 6.2 liter V8. It was offered with a six-speed auto and a six-speed manual, which... uh, Pretty cool for the time. There's a lot of cars that were still running at five speeds at that time, but six speed was offered. It weighed about 3,700 pounds. So definitely a muscle car.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a little, a little heavy.
0: A <laughs> uh, Yeah. So that's it, quite it, a bit it,
1: of power, though, for, for 2010
0: yeah for for 300 and so 315 horsepower at the beginning and it went up to 320 some towards the end of its production in the base model right so that's the ls um not an ls motor it's in the ls trim then the ss trims got the 62 v8 which was 430 horsepower and about 420 foot-pounds of torque which is not to be scoffed at that thing is pretty oh, sweet yeah, in a rear-wheel drive torquey. car yeah very torquey and since it's naturally aspirated You got a really nice torque curve, really nice power delivery, and it sounds amazing. That's one thing that they got right on these. Um, Then the ZL1 was offered with a supercharged V8, which 556 horsepower and 551 foot-pounds of torque. Still rear-wheel drive. Big old fat tires in the rear. And you could light them up so easily. (laughs) You can find all kinds of good videos on the YouTubes. The best one, though, the granddaddy of them all, was the 7-liter naturally aspirated V8 that powered the Z28, which was a absolute monster race car for the tra- street and the track. 505 horsepower, 470 foot-pounds of torque. During this research, I don't know if you guys saw this too, but there was some reports that that engine was able to spin up to 8,000 RPM but the what? the airflow in the air box couldn't keep up with it, so they had to cap it at 7,000. <laughs> wow. Oh so that, that is a 7-liter, two-valve pushrod V8. This is ancient technology, I want to add. <laughs> wow. That spun to 7,000 RPM, and if you want to go and build one, I'm, you could probably get it to 8. People who know Z28s, send us an email, tell us about it if you've got one to 8,000 RPM. That thing's a screamer awesome unbelievable
1: that's almost approaching motorcycle rpms yeah what i
2: love most about that is that this came out 2010 the z28 probably a few years later so we were definitely into the modern gas crisis by then where gas was just you know in the four at least four bucks a gallon right
0: yeah oh five back then yeah
2: yeah four to five bucks a gallon and then everybody's starting to downsize their engines and go to smaller cars and and then there's chevy who says, let's put a seven liter naturally aspirated engine in this bad boy. <laughs>
0: what a beautiful, yeah. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean that's spinning as fast as M cars.
1: A straight six
0: M car gets yeah, up to eight. 7, grand.
2: That's unbelievable. Yeah,
0: it's it's un unbelievable.
1: I was thinking, um, the and I I know I like the Shelby, but the Shelby GT three fifty had a red line at eighty two fifty. But it's seven six or seven years newer so it's six or seven years different. newer
0: dual overhead cams four valves. well yeah and it's not it's not a push rod and it's only like five and a half liters or five liters right this thing is, is yeah. seven liters that's
1: huge that's a yeah. monster <laughs> that's almost a liter per piston yes <laughs> seven eighths of a liter per piston
0: uh-huh um exterior appearance This is what I think everybody likes about these. I think they're pretty cool. They, like, introduced that retro styling back into the market because the Camaro had been kind of on hiatus since the 90s, right? They killed it in the fourth gen in the early 2000s, I think, and then 10 years, there was no Camaro, and they revived it with, well, the Transformer movie, and then they put it to production in 2010.
1: Was the fourth gen the uh, Catfish Camaro?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, you're going to take boy. heat for saying that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I don't care.
0: The uh, <laughs> GM fanatics out there will call these F bodies, but yes, the one that looks like a catfish in all the memes on Reddit.
1: <laughs> That's okay. We don't have any listeners, so nobody's going to call me out. It's true. <laughs> but this, this thing yeah. looks phenomenal. And it, yeah.
2: It's a turnaround. Everybody the was kind of doing that at the time, and some with success, some not. I remember the. Ford was doing it a lot. They did it to the Mustang. Came The Mustang was pretty good. I don't have too many complaints with it. But then they did the Thunderbird. Their resurrection of the Thunderbird, I don't think, was very successful, <sighs> personally.
0: The Thunderbird was like a direct copy of the original one. And it was just... It was tacky.
2: It, it did not work. Yeah, you can't do it with the cheap modern materials that, well, that they I,
0: use. I think it was underpowered, too. And it was just... The Thunderbird yeah. existed in a weird time when you could do those kinds of cars, but it wasn't a muscle car, it wasn't a sports car, and it wasn't a grand tour. It was like right. a, a what is this with a port window. A the what is this with a port is window? Cute,
2: but I really don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand.
0: <laughs> just this weird retro styling thing that just did not land well. Yeah. Um and if the you got... Camaro,
2: I think the Camaro definitely Oh for they sure. They definitely hit the mark. Right on with this one. Yeah. Right on and the way I, with that I was that looking
1: one. up uh, the 2010 Mustang and the 2010 uh, Challenger, which are the main US-made competitors. The Mustang has changed considerably. It's gone through a new generation. The Challenger looks exactly the same.
0: Yeah, they haven't changed it at all. Well, and it's also riding on like a 20 or 30-year-old Mercedes platform still.
2: <laughs> it's still on Mercedes?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like the 1W123 or whatever. Yeah, they're still using They have not changed it since Daimler Chrysler split off. Um, Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, which I mean, it kind of goes to show you, it's like, hey, you don't need to always re-engineer everything. You can still put 800 horsepower whatever it is into this old Mercedes chassis. (laughs) So all you people who want to do an engine swap, go go pick up an old (laughs) E-Class because they will take it. (laughs) They'll take it like a champ. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and funny about this in doing the research, I did not realize how many special editions and trim packages there were. I think we counted 20 plus special editions.
2: I think my favorite part of this car.
0: And that's not including concept cars. (laughs) (laughs) That was like 20 unique editions. I mean, they had a Neiman Marcus edition. You could buy it through the Neiman Marcus catalog. They had some weird Japanese (laughs) market edition that was built by a Japanese dealership.
2: You could could order the Neiman Marcus edition through the Neiman Marcus catalog. That's
0: the only way you could order it. No. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. It was
0: like in the catalog. I mean, I'm sure you said would have to go to the dealer to like buy it. But yeah, you yeah. go on there with your Neiman Marcus gold card from American Express, of course, and then oh. order all the Christmas gifts that include your new Camaro.
2: <laughs> I wish they had like a Sky Mall edition or something. You're just oh, sitting on a great. plane just like, you know what? I'm going for it.
1: <laughs> when I get back down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get. I'm going to regret I this. I forgot
2: the rental car. You know what? I'm just going to do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, There's also a special edition. I don't know if you want to call it a special edition. It's pretty unique. It's called the Copo. I'm sure you guys have heard of Copo Drag Cars, but these were um, back in the day, you could go to the Central Order Processing Office, which is what Copo stands for, and you could put in a special kind of order within GM where you could literally put whatever option you wanted on whatever car. So as long as you knew the RPOs and you had the form, you could fill it out and say, "Mm, you know, my Chevelle needs to have a 454 in it or a 570 or whatever, whatever big engine that they had that was not in normal production. You could just say, I want it. As long as you put the RPOs in and send it to Copo, they would do that. They don't do it anymore. But in that same realm, when they were building these tiny little cars, Camaros, with these huge engines at the factory, they built these drag cars. So. Small engine, 5.3, supercharged V8, but they were literally a drag car. They showed up with drag radials, all prepped. You could literally roll it off the transporter straight to a drag strip. And they, they would actually tune each legal, one. Were they? Um, I don't think so.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. They look pretty great, and they've got gigantic Hoosier drag tires.
0: Yeah, they're if you've never seen a Copo, they are wild, and that was a factory car. Pretty That's cool. Impressive. They still do it too. So the sixth gen is still offered as a copo. So moving on to the interior, um pretty retro inspired. Like the rest of the car, you get inside it and you can see that it's that definitely first part of the decade, early two thousands, very chunky design, very retro yeah. inspired.
2: I want to be honest. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, like I I, I like retro inspired exteriors if they do it right i have yet to see a retro inspired interior that's done well
0: well it's like retro inspired but they like put too much modern contemporary like spaceshipy just, look to it right with all the yeah, materials and stuff
2: i don't think you can do like with modern safety features and materials i don't think you can pull it off
0: yeah i mean i think you could i think you just have to do it an exact replica if you look at like the new 911, I think they did a good job of making the interior look retro. But you know, this one it, it I don't think it landed. If you look at the gauges, the gauges are almost exactly what they looked like back on the first gen, like the font yeah, and everything.
2: Yeah, the way that the numbers are all, you know, they're they're flat from the center mm-hmm. kind of so yeah, they're not flat to the flat to normal flat. They're
0: exactly. Yeah. And then they also know How to describe that? Another retro-inspired thing they have, ga- a gauge cluster in the actual center console in front of the gear shift, right? So you've got like battery voltage, oil pressure, coolant temp, those kinds of things. And that was something that was offered on the first gen Camaros. You would have your
1: a gauge pod up there in
0: front of your shifter.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I don't know that it would be that easy to look at. It's not. You just memorize where the positions should be. Uh, and I think
0: you'd get used to it, right? But yeah. they didn't put, like, the, the fuel there, right? That's still up in the normal gauge cluster. But that was, that was a Camaro thing from the first gen. They put those gauge, a gauge pod down there, as far oh, as I okay. know. And if anybody wants to correct me, send us an email. Um, how, much, how much did this thing cost? The base model supposedly started at 23000 in 2010. The 1SS started at 31000 So that's the first level of the V8 model. And then the Z28, which I think came out in 2014, um, so it was only on sale for a year or two, that one was $75,000. Wow.
1: Well,
2: that's a huge range of prices. That's a yeah,
0: huge range of prices. 23
1: is pretty cheap. I mean, that's that's really cheap.
0: Yeah, it's a V6, right? But that's, that's the point of the muscle car, right? That you can get 300 plus horsepower or around 300 horsepower in something that's in the 20s, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like... I think GM was hoping that if you were looking for a hot hatch, you would also consider a Camaro. I don't think that happened. I mean, who's looking for a GTI and says, you know what, a Camaro might actually work.
1: Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> the exact same thing. I could do a Mustang or
2: a Camaro or a Fiesta. Yeah, those are two completely different <laughs> categories in my mind. Uh, well, I, I
0: think Fiesta's even out out of that, right? We're talking about focus. <laughs> Fiesta's like this weird sub-compact, subcompact thing that was just like, uh... It's <laughs> well, but like they a slot
2: a... car for the streets. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah folks it's like a Chevy good. Spark with a better engine. <laughs> but, uh, can... you know, in that big range, 75,000 got you a lot. And it got you a 7 minute and 37 second Nürburgring time. When it came out. Yeah,
2: that's unbelievable.
0: It was faster than the LFA... The Gallardo, the 997 911 Turbo, which is an absolute beast. Yeah. And it was also faster than its stablemate, the C6 ZR1.
2: I want to know if, like, the people in charge at General Motors, did they plan that? Or did they look at the clock and say, oh, uh uh-oh.
0: The guy who ran this program said he wanted a race car, and he built a race car. The Z28 yeah. is just, it, it's like nothing else of the time. It's That's wild. Crazy. Um, pretty cool. So engineering of note on that Z28. Uh, it was the first use of DSSVs in a road car. So for those who are not familiar with these, this is Multimatic's spool valve damper technology. So it's pretty neat. You can have a whole bunch of control in your damping. It was used on a ton of race cars for 10 years before this. Z28 was the first one to use it. Now, the Ford GT has DSSs, DSSVs. The Mustang, I believe, has DSSVs. The ZR2 has DSSVs, among some other cars. Um, but yeah, they're, they're wild. And it was pretty cool that this was the first one, right? I mean, like, super advanced. Um, it also had this great, I don't know if it's a gimmick or not, but the Chevy Bowtie is right in the middle of the grille, and they needed that space for airflow, so they cut out the middle and they called it the flow tie. And now the flow tie is a standard on all high-performance Camaros. ZL1, flow tie. If, it fed into the aerodynamics and apparently it actually improved the cooling. I was...
1: <laughs> I love that. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. So where'd they put the bow tie?
0: The, well, the bow tie's there. They just cut out the
1: middle. So it's like just a chrome Oh, so just the, oh, just the I outline? See. It's just it's, an outline. Sort of like what they do with the Hellcat, the 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 lights yes. are are an eye sort of like, and it's just mm-hmm. a hole for the intake. Yes, exactly. So they kind of did that. <laughs> it's
0: pretty funny. Um, some other interesting features: it was built in Canada and homeroomed for engineering and design in Australia. Now, of course, the Americans handled the actual exterior design, but the engineering was done in Australia.
2: Okay. I can believe the Australia bit just because Australia is all about V8 supercar racing. <laughs> so like nat- naturally I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. You know, that makes sense. They like, like the that V8. makes sense. Australia. That makes sense. The built in Canada part. I, that surprised me a lot. I was there's surprised a lot of, by that too. There's a lot of petty United, like United States, Canada rivalry, but oh, yeah. we don't consider Canada a real country. So if they found out that one of the most American cars of all time was built in Canada, <laughs> like I don't know, are we blowing the top off of something by telling people that? This
0: is this is bigger than QAnon. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, this is um,
2: like Watergate for the automotive world. <laughs> 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 the Camaro was built in Canada.
0: Oh man. Yeah, I honestly thought it was built uh outside of Lansing where they currently build them. I didn't realize it was built in Oshawa. So that's pretty it's kind of kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> GM yeah. was at a weird place, let's just put it like that. They did, they did some weird things.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, another interesting thing Z28 came with Pirelli Trofeo R tires from the factory. Which is. Just, I love that. Are wild. those
2: slicks or do they have any. I think they have, have some tread on them.
0: I think they're DOT approved. I think they have some tread, but they're like basically a slick. Okay. I think they have the bare
1: minimum to be not a slick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got like one line where the rain is going to go. Yeah, exactly. It's like
2: it's like the tire equivalent of insurance seats, like we'll just <laughs> throw these in there to make you happy, yep. but we all know that they're not really there.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is before they I guess they started caring about fuel economy and stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um but of course the most important thing we've come to at the end here number of cup holders. The most important feature for all of our American consumers. I think yeah. there's two. From what I could tell, there's two in the center, and then maybe the door pockets. So not doing too great on the cup holder situation. I'm basically, uh, I door...
2: mean, okay. So door pocket ones, you cannot fit a big gulp because it'll no. splash. But the center ones, I'd be willing to bet you can fit a big gulp in there. But yeah. a big
1: gulp right next to the shift knob. Yeah, but if um, you got a big gulp, you just you probably go like got on automatic. top
2: of it, kind of, and very. You have to delicately reach shift over top it. of it. Yeah, so your elbow is basically hitting the mirror. You know, and just kind of like put it in gear. Place it in gear. Don't spill my big gold, please.
1: Place it in gear gently.
2: Gently now. You're not gonna make any break any zero to
1: sixty times doing that. That's for sure. Uh okay, so I'm surprised we haven't talked about this yet, but you can't see out of the fifth oh, generation Camaro. Yeah. Well, you yeah. can't
0: see out of the current generation one either, but oh, that's true. <laughs> it
1: started with the fifth gen. You can see out the front. Uh Barely. That's a, that's about
0: it. It's like sitting in a bunker. It's like you're in a war bunker, mm-hmm. and the belt line is at your eye level. I I have sat in one of these, so I'm slightly unqualified. And oh my goodness,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've I've sat in a sixth. I've driven a sixth gen. And the, it's very similar. The hood similar.
0: Line, the hood line's all the way up there, and like you can't get your seat high enough to see out of it. It's a wild, wild place to be.
1: Yeah and of course yeah, you can't I, see much
0: out of the back or well on those side pillars they're so huge oh god yeah yeah there's no rearward visibility and then of course for the vertically challenged among us <clears throat> donnie um <laughs> <laughs> he he would have a he would have a hell of a time
2: yeah I, I i mentioned last time that i had a very brief stint driving one of these just shuffling it across a parking lot and yeah that was my experience especially cuz i was a young lad at that time I haven't grown much since, but I was <laughs> slightly shorter then. But, yeah, I remember getting in like, wow, this thing is so cool. And then I'm like, wh- where would the outside go? <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to see the parking lines and I can't even see the car next to me. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so.
1: But that doesn't matter because you're just going to be in front of all the other cars.
0: Yes. Yes, with that 430 horsepower. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and obviously this was, I mean, the exterior design is what made this so hard to see out of. Yes, they put the
0: exterior design above all else, and then they figured out visibility afterwards.
1: And Which it seems to have worked.
0: They're popular. Yeah. You see I know a ton over... of people who have them.
1: Mm-hmm. So I guess that's, uh, that's lessons. Lessons learned. Appearance above all else.
0: <laughs> that sounds very <laughs> that's American. That's the
2: American way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Well, now we've gotten to that point in the show, and everybody's favorite point, we're going to talk about how much we want to drive this. Let's we'll start with you, Jeff, since you're uh, a little bit of a Mustang fan.
1: Since, since I'm crossing my fingers and saying, don't pick me first. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, so I am a Mustang fan, but I have driven a sixth gen and it was a hoot and holler and good time. So I'm going to say I would really like to drive the fifth gen and I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Donnie?
2: Um, I was only thinking six for this one, but I think I'm going to go with seven just because of the Z 28, you know, like I, I think they're cool, but I've never thought they were amazing. But the Z 28, now that I know what it can do now, I, that one would be sweet to drive. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it at a seven.
0: You're going to put it at a seven. I think I'm going to go with, uh, Jeff here. I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to put it mine at an eight too. I definitely want to drive some, I want to drive a Z 28 and maybe not own one, Maybe a Z28. I think I could own a Z28. Not as a daily. That thing would be awful to drive (laughs) as a daily, but man, would that be sweet to just throw around a track for a while or even just do donuts.
2: Yeah, that would be fun. That
0: is a certified tire roaster right there. All right. Well, that puts it at 23, which is surprisingly our second from the top one. Oh, wow. We want to drive this one just about as much as we want to drive an old 911. Hmm. So. All right. Well, we're gonna pick our next car here. The hat is shuffling the cars up. We are going to be discussing. This is a good one. Are you guys ready? Yeah. We're discussing next week the Porsche Taycan. Ooh. Ooh our first <laughs> EV. Yeah.
2: That'll yeah. be really exciting. That's like of all the EVs, I think this is probably the most exciting one that we could start with.
0: I think so. I'm I'm very glad that the gods have smiled upon us and we didn't have to start with Tesla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, And if you remember from I think it was our second episode, uh, I've admitted to be a Porsche fanboy. So yeah, I'm gonna be colored on that one a little bit. But it is an EV, and I do like my flat sixes. So we're gonna see. Yeah, I'm excited.
1: See. One of one of them pulled up to me at a stoplight one time, and I rolled down my window, obviously to hear it. And it sounded like a spaceship. <laughs> it was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they actually, it's a, it's a regulation. They have to uh, project sound out mm-hmm. of them when they're at a certain speed. And apparently, this is probably too much, but we're going to do it. Porsche figured out how to create this like spaceshipy but engine sound. I had one drive past <laughs> me in a parking lot, and I looked at it. I'm like, that sounds really nice. I wonder what kind of car that is. That exhaust sounds amazing. I look over, it's a Taycan. I'm like, that's what? That's
2: such a Porsche thing to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, but that's part of the experience, right? And I think it was smart to kind of give it that, you know, still make it sound like a car. Don't make it sound like a. Don't just jump straight into the spaceship, right? Like, especially with Porsche, because, I mean, they're just, they're all sports cars all the time, right? Yeah. And I know they're always on the cutting edge of technology with automotive. So I think it's pretty cool that they've tried to blend their heritage into it.
1: Mm-hmm. So, cool
0: right well next week we're going to talk about the tycon uh i want to thank everybody for joining in again uh with our hosts jeff and donnie and myself walter if you've got something to tell us say it to our face via email drop us a line or suggest another vehicle to add to our ever-growing list of cars at show at unqualifiedcars.com our website is show.unqualifiedcars.com and we're on instagram and facebook at unqualified car reviews Please drop us a line, reach out if you want to chat or anything like that. We hope you tune in next week to hear about the Porsche Taycan.